Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to launch your very own podcast show like this one? Don't have the time or patience to deal with all the techie stuff? No worries. My company, Geffen Media Group, provides a complete done-for-you podcast service. We will come up with a great name for your show, design your website and podcast artwork, record the intro and outro, send you the equipment, find you great guests, edit and publish every episode, submit to iTunes and major podcast platforms, and promote your show to our network. So all you have to do is hit record and we do the rest. Your voice needs to be heard. So head over to geffenmediagroup.com. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Oh, hi there, Daniel. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 hello. So excited to have you on and tell everyone where in the world you are calling from. I'm calling from Israel. In the Middle East. I'm glad that you prefaced that. Just yeah. For the dumb American it's, listeners we got. Yeah. It's, not in, it's not in Africa. It's not in Africa. It's in the Middle East. <laughs> and were you born and raised there? No. I was born and raised in London. Hence the accent. <laughs> yeah. Hence that. No, the accent I actually learned uh, was really good for business and picking up girls. So I. Oh, for real? Uh, yeah. I taught that. Uh, well, self taught, really. I love that. So how do you introduce yourself at a networking event? I don't because I don't go to networking events. They're boring and a waste of time. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm not really kidding, to be honest. I'm kidding and I'm not kidding. I I hate networking events. Are you an introvert? I I am. It's very interesting. People think I'm an extrovert because I'm very loud and (laughs) I've got, you know, a podcast show and I've and I've written a book and and whenever you see me on social I'm kind of you know very loud but but I am more of an introvert because Mm. I kind of just like myself I like being with myself um when I go into a a crowded place I kind of feel a little bit out of my like I I, Mm. I just feel like naked I don't know it's the best way to describe it it's just like oh what do I do here you know Mm -hmm. um and I, I just don't like the whole the whole setup. So you, you come into this room, right? Mm-hmm. And you realize that everybody's there to basically just take, right? Everybody's mm, there to, to sell take. You. No, nobody goes to a networking event thinking, okay, see you, honey. I'm going to give, right? I'm going to go and give and help a lot of people now. I'm going to a networking mm. event so I can help lots of people earn lots of business. No, you don't do that. You go to a networking event because you want to earn business. So everybody's there basically. Mm. It's like they've got their guns ready in their back pocket. You know, the business cards, they're like ready to shoot it at you. So you meet <laughs> someone, they're like, hi, Daniel, Whoop! and they throw this business card at your face. You're like, whoa, okay, great. Uh, I've got about 300 of these already. Well, oh, let me just put that in my pocket. I'm going to throw that in the trash the minute I get out of here. The minute I don't see you, I'm going to throw that in the <laughs> trash. So you just wasted money on that card right. and it's going nowhere, right? And everybody's doing this. Everyone's throwing up all over the place they're just throwing business cards everywhere and everyone's kind of trying to sell their wares Mm. but nobody's going to buy because you're in a selling place it's like imagine going to a car Mm. dealership where everybody's selling cars no one's buying the car what what the heck are you doing anyway that's my little rant so that's why i don't I, i don't love networking events for that reason but but here's the thing and this is a little little tip that i taught myself and that is 
you when you go to an if you go to a networking event you just take people's business cards and just talk to them about their business just literally say oh that's really interesting wow so because then what happens is is you become the most popular person and most memorable person in the room because mm-hmm. everybody remembers you because you were so interested in them mm-hmm. nobody else was interested as much as you were and then what ends up happening is you actually build a real relationship believe yes. it or not yes right real relationship and of course real relationships is what ends up uh, creating uh, business transactions in today's world i love it it's like a psychology hack built in but it just it makes so much sense. I actually love to try to talk as long as possible with somebody about topics that have actually nothing to do with our businesses. So I'll yes. ask them questions like, Oh, are you from here? Where are you from? And like, what do you do for fun? And I just go try to go down these rabbit holes without ever saying, what do you do? And <laughs> at this recent one, someone actually asked me what I do. And I was like, Oh, let's not talk about that. Tell me more about X. And we literally talked for like 40 minutes and never ended up talking about what we did. I loved that. You realize, Laura, that everybody hates you, though, because when you're at a networking event, all you're thinking in your head is, you get to the point, just ask me what I do already. You're like, well, you know, the weather is beautiful. We went to the Alps for the summer, and it was so nice, and I have three kids. And you're just like, bloody ask me what I do already so I can move on to the next. You can even see them like looking around, looking around like like, like they're like, you know. You know, like the lions, like looking for the zebras, like, oh, where's my, where's my next hunt? <laughs> you know, they're like, they don't want to, it's like, oh, I got your business card. I gave you my business card. Okay, now shut up and let me get to the next person because right. it's like 300 people. It's ridiculous. That's, so that's the first thing. The second thing, which I think is very relevant to your show and to your audience and people listening to this who are interested in writing a book mm-hmm. is I believe that um, time is very valuable, right? Yes. So today you've got social media, you've got the internet. I can be networking with thousands of people on LinkedIn. I could be networking with people uh, getting on a podcast show right now. I'm now talking to your whole audience, okay? Mm-hmm. When you go to a networking event, you're lucky if there's a, you know 100 people there, right? Mm-hmm. And out of the 100 people, how many realistically are you going to actually talk to, right? So let's mm-hmm. say you, you manage to get through 30 people. You, you speak to 30 people. Mm-hmm. You've spent a whole day because networking events is a whole day thing because you've got to prepare for the networking event you've got to print out the business cards which never will get kept no one will keep them but you've got to print them out and then you've got to travel there maybe it takes an hour or two to get there and then of course when you get there you've got to eat these crappy herbs mm. that they've put out for you right and then of course you know you kind of got to do your shaking hands with everybody and by the time it's all over you've you spent the whole day there and so your whole day is gone and you've met with 30 people. Mm. I meet with thir- I meet with 30 people in in like one post on Facebook. Right. It's like 30 people. There you go. <laughs> you know, congratulations. I do a podcast show and I could speak to thousands of people mm. in one go. I write a book and I can literally be speaking to hundreds if not thousands of people without going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go anywhere. People buy my book on Amazon and they read it on the bus or on the toilet, a lot of them. And, uh, you know, and then I get someone reaching out going, Daniel, I read your book. I love your story. I love – and it's like I didn't have to go to a networking event to speak to them. I didn't have to mm-hmm. – right? So getting on podcast shows, creating podcasts and writing books is to me one of the most valuable ways to network mm-hmm. since we're on the topic. 
that's a really interesting perspective. I hadn't thought of it quite that way, but it makes so much sense. And you're getting in front of people who are actually interested in you versus mm. the other way around at an event where everyone's interested in just promoting their own stuff. Exactly. And when someone's reading your book, it's like they're literally learning your whole story, right? And it's in their time. There's no rush. Mm. They're, they're sitting there by the swimming pool or wherever they are, and they're reading your book, and it's interesting, and they're highlighting it, and it, and it's enjoyable, and it's, you know, and it's in their leisure and their time. Mm. And, it, and um, it's basically the way I look at it is my book is like mini-me's running around. Imagine you watch the Minions, right? So these well, little Minions. Well, I don't kids, but I know what you mean. <laughs> Well, you should watch it anyway, Laura. Come oh, okay. on, everyone's right. <laughs> little minions running around. So imagine your book has legs, and it's just running around, basically selling you, and you don't have to do anything. And I, I just find that absolutely amazing because you you do. I love doing things once, mm. and then having an eternal effect, having this evergreen effect, where for years and years to come, people will will pick up my book somehow, whether it's a friend that will recommend it or they'll stumble upon it on Amazon or they'll, they'll listen to this podcast show in three years and they'll hear about it and they'll buy my book hopefully or they'll get it as a gift or they'll walk into a store and maybe they'll see it there, whatever it is. Mm. But people will, 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 will see my book for years to come and I will, and they may be in, in who knows where, Guatemala, they'll find my book, right? right? So it's, <laughs> that's just, it's just amazing. So I think it's true. amazing. It's so true. I mean, the tools and the abilities we have now, we have to take advantage of it. It's so smart. Yep. And when it comes to podcasts and the book combination, you're preaching to the choir with me because I'm all about both of those. Tell us a little bit, how did you get into podcasting? Because your podcast came before your book, right? Yes. Yes, it did. Well, no, actually, oh, no? It, you want to hear something interesting? Yeah. My, my book preceded my podcast by about 10 years, but I didn't write the bloody thing because I was procrastinating. Okay, well, tell, you, so, tell us what you mean. Well, I had this idea for my book about 10, 11, yeah, about 11 years ago. Okay, the so book's back in like the, 2008. The, yeah, the ironic thing, by the way, guys, listening to this, the book is called The Self-Help Addict. And <laughs> the, reason I couldn't, the reason I couldn't write the bloody book was because I am a self-help addict. In, in other words, it's, a, it's really my story. It's my journey mm -hmm. of being a self-help addict. Um, so it's, it's the self-help addict had to turn an overdose of information into a life of transformation. That's the subtitle. And I remember very clearly about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, um, I was sitting in my therapist's office, and uh, um, one of many, and she said to me, <laughs> I go through them like I go through my socks. She said to me, she said, Daniel, um, you know, what's one thing that you've really wanted to accomplish and you haven't accomplished? And I said, well, I've got this incredible idea for a book called The Self-Help Addict. And she said, well, well, why haven't you written it yet? And I said, because I am the self-help addict. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I need the book in order to write the book, right? Mm -hmm. and, but what's interesting, and I think a lot of your listeners will really relate to this, is that we end up writing the book that we wanted to read. Yes. Right? Yes. That's, that's what we end up writing. We end up writing the book. And what I discovered was that as I kept writing, I kept using what I wrote to keep going. 
if that makes sense. I just kept going with it. I just kept writing and kept going and kept using what I was writing. And, and I, I still refer back to my own book, which is really interesting. It's weird. Um, <laughs> the worst is, of course, when my wife tells me, you know, you wrote in your book. And I'm like, shut up. Don't quote my book to tell me. How to That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so funny. Oh, man. I'm yeah. just waiting for my kids. I'm waiting for my kids to use it on me because the thing is I actually wrote my – see, here's, here's a little hack. And for those listening, if you haven't written your book yet, I highly recommend this because one of the things that really helped me to actually write it and publish it was I knew that I needed to be accountable. But the thing is, is that most people, when they hear the word accountable, they think, okay, I'll tell a friend or mm. I'll tell a few friends or I'll get a business coach or something like that. The problem with me is that that doesn't help me because I'll just fire the business coach. It's like, no, I don't want to do it. It's too difficult. Mm. So I knew that. The reason why I wasn't taking it, the reason why you don't take action, I found, was that you don't, you, know, you find it more difficult to, you find whatever it is that you want to do, you find it uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So what I realized is that if it's about comfort, then all I need to do is make myself more uncomfortable yes. to not write the book. Yes. That makes sense? So what I did was one day uh, about, let me think, it was about a year ago, yeah. About a year ago. So just to put um, people in times, so this is like in March of 2017, a year ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my son, my old, I have four children, um, beautiful little children that <laughs> keep me alive. And um, my oldest son is called Alicia. It's a Jewish name, so don't go making fun of him. Mm -hmm. And and he's 10, he, well, he was nine years old at the time. And I was tucking him into bed and suddenly I had this idea. The idea was is that I knew that if I made myself really uncomfortable, then I'm going to publish the book. So I turned around to my son as I'm tucking him into bed, and I said, Alicia, I've got a surprise for you. And he said, oh, what is it? I said, well, you're going to get the surprise on your 10th birthday. Hmm. And he said, what is it? What is it? What is it? And I'm like, well, it's not going to be much of a surprise. He's like, come on, daddy. I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to give you a book for your 10th birthday. And he said, a book? I don't want a book. I want, a, I want an iPad. And I said, no, no, no. Okay, first of all, you're not getting an iPad until you're 18. Okay. Second of all, the book is going to be my book. I'm actually going to write a book for you, and you're going to have the first copy on your 10th birthday. Mm. And his face lit up, and he grabbed me, and he literally gave me such a hug. <sighs> and, I, and I remember I was thinking, oh, crap. Now I've really got to write this book. <laughs> That's <'Cause>, amazing. <laughs> and I and I, and I gave it to him on his 10th birthday, 16th of January, 2018. Um, the book came out on that date, on that date. And I gave him his first copy. And I have a picture of him actually holding it. And uh, it's such a proud moment. I'm telling you, writing a book, giving birth to a book, is it's literally like I had a fifth child. Yeah. Um, it really is. It's very special. I love that. I love that story. You know, one of the things that I tell my students and clients is to pick a date and to share it loudly and publicly on social media over and over. Yes. Because that's what I did for myself. Because I, there were times when I was like, I can't do it in this time frame. I'm crazy. But I had already said it out loud and I didn't want to go back on my word and look like inconsistent or look like mm. I couldn't do what I said I could, said I would do. So that's another way to do it is make it really public. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I love that. And and the and the thing is as well is that 
I say to people, I mean, my book is actually, the interesting thing about my book is it's all about taking action. Right. Because that, that's really one of the major keys to, to breaking out of the self-help cycle is is all about taking action and facing your fears and actually making friends with fear. Mm. <clears throat> but um, But another thing is I actually think people who don't take action are very selfish. Oh, how do you mean? Well, the thing is, is that we, we, we come up with excuses. So, we, so for example, with, the, with regards to the book, we say, oh, who am I to write a book? Yeah, we, right. get all hum- we get all humble about it. We go, oh, who am I to write a book? You know, I, I don't have anything to share. Like, who am I? What am-? And do you know what? I think that's actually one of the most uh, selfish things because if you don't write your book and you could have written a book that would have helped one person – if you could have saved one person's life or if you could have changed somebody's life and you didn't write that book, then you're selfish. You're being mm. selfish. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. When I started my podcast show, I had no idea what I was doing. I just started it because it sounded like a fun thing to do. And I've interviewed billionaires and, and, and celebrities and athletes and world-class performers, and it's been amazing. Um, but I remember one person who I interviewed who actually I've never heard of before. His name was Toph Evans. And he told a story about how he was suicidal mm. and how he attempted to take his life on, on multiple occasions. And he was so depressed that he ended up lying in his bed uh, for months on end. And one day, his, his good friend came to visit him and said, Toph, let's go for a run. And Toph said, are you absolutely out of your mind? I can barely crawl out of this bed. That's how much energy I have. And you want me to go for a run. You're out of your mind. Hmm. And his friend said, okay, fine. So I'm going to stand here and I'm not going to move from here until you get up and you come for a run. So, of course, Toph just rolls over and says, okay, suit yourself, whatever. (laughs) But literally after about, I don't know, 10 hours of this guy standing there, not moving, refusing to move. Toph like turns around and says, are you kidding? Are you seriously going to stand there? Like, and he's like, I'll stand there for as long as it takes. So Toph, of course, said, okay, fine. That's it. I'm coming. But on one condition, it's 10 minutes. That's it. I'm coming for 10 minutes. I'm going to do a quick run and I'm getting back into my bed. And he said, fine. They went for a run. They came back. And by the time they came back, Toph said that he had so much energy that he decided then and there, that if this is what 10 minutes can do, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do 10 minutes every single day. And so for 10 minutes, every single day he went for a run and it was like night and day, night and day, the difference. It was amazing. And 10 minutes became 30 minutes and 30 minutes became an hour and an hour became a marathon Mm -hmm. and a marathon became an ultra marathon and an ultra marathon became an ultra marathon up Mount Everest, one of only 100 people in the entire world to do that. And that became a 24-hour treadmill run for charity and a 12-hour swim for charity. And he became a, a, an extreme athlete raising money for charity. Now, mm. that story was amazing, but that's not the end of the story. I published that episode, and about three days later, I get an email from a complete stranger. And he says to me, he says, Daniel, um, you don't know me, uh, but I, um, I have been attempting to take my life recently. And I've, I've somehow 
stumbled upon your show, your episode with Toph Evans, and I listened to that story, and it gave me so much hope that I want you to know that I'm changing my life around. I'm transforming my life around. I'm going to take action, and I want to thank you. Wow. And let me tell you something, Laura. When I read that email, I said to myself that it was worth every single minute that I've spent Every single minute, the three years that I spent producing this show was worth it for that one email, if nothing else but Mm -hmm. that one email. And now I want to tell your listeners something. Mm -hmm. You have absolutely no idea what your book is going to do. You have no idea. And that guy could could have listened to that and not emailed me. There are many people who I'm sure have listened to that episode, but they didn't email me. And there are people who will read your book and they, some of them will email you and you know what? It will give you the most incredible, incredible sense of fulfillment, but some of them won't. That one person that shifts their life or changes something in their life because of your book, if you don't write that book, then you're selfish. Hmm. That's so true. You know, I heard a quote, some I forget where, but it was something along the lines of other people are waiting to live their dreams for you to take action or whatever. It's something like you're mm-hmm. taking action is is holding up other people living their dreams. So it just reinforces yeah. what you're saying. You're being selfish by not putting out into the world what you know. and Or even if it's not a how-to book, but it's an experiential just sharing your story book, that's still something that can really impact somebody. 100%. And not just that, but what about your children? What yeah. about your grand? What about your grandchildren? What about your great grand? Do you know? Yes. Laura, do you have uh, grandparents that have passed? Yes, all of them have passed. Okay. What well, what would happen if I came to you right, right now? Who are you closest to out of the <sighs> I think uh my grandmother on my dad's side, I might say I was closest, but my grandfather on my dad's side died suddenly and too early. So I would pick him. I would, I would. What's like his name? Larry. Okay. If I told you, Laura, that actually there's something you don't know about Larry. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, um, he wrote a book. Now, there's only one copy of it. And. He actually, when he passed away, he just finished writing the book. Um, they just found it. And I actually, I have the copy. Um, I can give it to you, but I'm going to need some, you know, some money. <laughs> How much would you pay for that book? Oh, yeah. It would be priceless, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, a lot. Right. Or, or yeah, immeasurably. It, it, like, it's in it's it's you can't put a price tag on such a thing yeah and i could tell you that my grandfather when he passed away um i realized that it was too late to have a relationship with a, a conversation with him mm-hmm. and there's so much i wanted to know about him and that he has such a fascinating story and boy do i wish i could pick up a copy of his book mm-hmm. but he never he never wrote it and so he he basically Um, died with his book buried inside and my my message to to the people listening to this is please don't do don't do that to your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren don't Mm -hmm. die with your book buried inside of you yeah i think so many people are so afraid of the judgment that they're going to feel 
whether that's real or perceived, I think that a lot of it is just in our heads. Like we're so worried that people are going to think the book is too long or too short, or there's an error on page six. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's like that. All that doesn't matter. Just put just stuff out book. there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking at my book right now. I've got it in my hands, and I could tell you there are a, a lot of different errors here. And I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 just my nature. I'm naturally a a perfectionist and that's why it was so difficult for me to actually finish the book um but you know what it's interesting because the last thing i wrote in my book uh the very last thing that i wrote in my book was um the thought of publishing this book makes me sick to the stomach i want it to be perfect Mm. i want everything to be just right is the cover design good enough did i write enough words did i write too much Does it need more editing? Are there any really bad spelling errors? Have I said everything I wanted to say? Will people like this book? Will they hate it? But that's the reason I wrote this book in the first place. The best ideas are worthless unless put into action. A badly written letter will always outperform a perfect letter that never gets sent. Hmm. And this is my final sentence. I don't want to write the perfect book that never gets published. So here goes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I almost cried just now reading that. Oh. I felt myself welling up inside. I've, I've had goosebumps in my eyes getting teary from a couple of things that you've shared already with your son and the story and the grandparents. And oh, it's a it's a really important topic. I think so many people feel like you know, you talk in your book about how to go from a consumer to a creator. And I feel like that's a really important concept to wrap your head around too. I think so many people just get stuck in that loop of analysis paralysis or like, I need to take 15 more courses before I'm, <laughs> I know enough to XYZ when it's really like, just create, create a podcast, cr- write a book, write blogs, just get stuff out of you because one other thing is so many people think oh, I'm not expert enough because there's people who are 20 steps ahead of me. Mm. But the people who that you can truly impact are going to relate to you more because maybe you're only two or three steps ahead of them. Whereas the people who are 20 steps ahead of you are so far disconnected from those to whom you can actually give value by sharing your story and sharing your knowledge. So I think that yeah. the framework is all wrong. It's so true. Absolutely. And and at the end of the day, you know, people relate differently to different people. Yes. Your style will always be different to, you know, whoever it is, Tony Robbins or Oprah Winfrey or, <laughs> you know, whoever's like the top of your the top of the game in your industry. Like at the end of the day, you know, everybody likes different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's different styles. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk has a very specific, unique style. Some people absolutely love him and some people absolutely hate him, (laughs) you know, and that's Mm -hmm. just how it's going to be with everybody. And here's the thing. If you're not loved and hated, you're plain vanilla. And trust me, you don't want to be plain vanilla because plain vanilla, nobody remembers, no one cares about. It's the people who attract the polarized views. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, the, the Donald Trumps out there. And I know when I say the words Donald Trump, yeah, 
part of your part of the people listening are going to be like, right? They're going to go, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people are going to be like, woohoo, go man, yeah, Donald Trump, right? <laughs> the, the the fact of the matter is, though, at the end of the day, what you can't fault is that he's the president of the United States, and Joe Schmo, average Joe, who never stuck his head out because mm-hmm. he was too worried that he might get some hate mail or whatever it is, is not the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And so who's making a bigger impact, mm-hmm. right? You can't make an impact if you're playing it safe. Playing it safe never works. And in fact, here's the thing. When you were a kid, and I, I talk about this in my book as well, when you were a child, you never played it safe. Children don't play safe. If you have children, you know what I'm talking about. In fact, most of your time as a as a parent for the first couple of years of parenthood, you are basically running around having a nervous breakdown and a heart attack because you're worried that your your son or your daughter, little Timmy, is about to like play with traffic and get run over, or or little Amy is about to jump out the window on the third story. Like this is just how we are as kids. Yeah. We. We're playful, we're ambitious, we're adventurous, we're risk takers. We don't care about what anyone thinks of us. We're going to do it because we want to do it. And guess what? Somehow, somewhere along the journey called adulthood, you stopped being adventurous. You stopped being playful. You stopped taking risks. You started caring about what everybody thinks of you. Mm-hmm. And it stopped you from achieving your goals. And I don't know who it was. Maybe it was your mother. Maybe it was your father. Maybe it was the, the, the principal. Maybe it was the kids in your class. Maybe it was someone else. Who knows? It doesn't matter who they were. The point is, is that every single person listening to this was a child at one point, And at that point, they had it in them to do anything they wanted. And if you can imagine little, the little version of you, they wouldn't even think about it for a second. They would write this book and publish it because they just because that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What are some other benefits that you've experienced from being a published author in addition to legacy, being able to pass it on to your children, to your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and in addition to truly helping somebody who is going to come across this book, whether they have already, whether they've emailed you or not, what are some other things maybe around, has it helped your podcast? Has it helped your personal brand? Has it helped you get more speaking opportunities? What are some other benefits that, that you've experienced with your book? Well, first of all, going back to the networking event (laughs) scenario where everyone's throwing business cards all over the place, if you've got a book, that's not going to be thrown in the trash, right? Mm -hmm. Usually, you give somebody a book at a networking event and you're going to be one of very few people, if any, who are going to be giving out books. They're usually just giving out the business cards. So, number one is you separate yourself from from most other people because remember – Think about it for a second. If it's so difficult to write a book and you're going through all of these, you know, negative thoughts about writing a book, guess what? So is everybody else, Mm -hmm. which means that there's a very small percentage of of the population that actually writes a book. So you automatically, by publishing a book, you become 
a, 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 a probably a percentage of the population, right? And usually when you walk into a room, how many people in that room are going to have a book that they've published? So you become already very unique to everybody else and it sets you apart, number one. Number two, when you give your book to someone, they take it home and they put it on their shelf. They may not read it today. Mm -hmm. They may read it in six months' time, but it's going to sit there. Your business card, like I told you, doesn't make it past the the, the entrance of the hall, right? <laughs> right? So that's number one. Number two um, is, yeah, somebody could read your book and you know, out of the blue, suddenly you get an email saying, hey, we want you to speak at this event or speak at that event. I was asked to speak at a major event in New York mm. um, with a, in front of about a thousand people. Um, getting on podcast shows is way easier mm -hmm. when, when you've got your own book because now you're an author, so it makes you a little bit more interesting and it gives you a topic to talk about and it gives the host something to talk about as well because now they could just buy a copy of your book and, and read it and there's your bio. Mm -hmm. they, they pretty much know, know what they need to know about it. And it also just sounds good for their show to say that they've got another author on, on the show. Mm -hmm. um, it opens up a ton of doors. It makes people take you more seriously. Do you know why people take you more seriously when you're an author? Because it shows that you actually pulled through. <laughs> and most people don't. Most people have ideas. They have great ideas, but they don't execute. I, when I had a billionaire on my show, I had um, – um, Jeff Hoffman from Priceline.com and Booking.com. Um, mm -hmm. One thing I said to him, I said, I said, I said, um, Jeff, I mean, you're a billionaire. There are two thousand billionaires in the entire world, so you're you're only one of two thousand people. That's it. What separates you from everybody else? How did you manage to 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 make a billion dollars? That's a lot of money. And he said to me, Daniel, very simple. I have a sign in my office and it says the following. It says, ideas are welcome here, but execution is worshipped. Hmm. It's all about the execution. So when you say that you've published a book, the first thing that you're telling me is that you are an executor. You take action. You follow through. Hmm. And and people respect you for that you mm -hmm. get a lot more respect for it and so it'll open up a lot of more a lot more doors uh, i don't I, it doesn't matter what industry you're in um and it can set you as the market leader mm -hmm. if you're in a very specific niche and you want to become the market leader and you want to become the expert and the authority in that industry the easiest and quickest way besides for starting a podcast show is writing a book mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah i can attest that too it was it almost struck me as surprising after I wrote my first book, Copywriting for Podcasters, people started to introduce me to, to other people as a professional copywriter or the best copywriter they ever met. And they had mm -hmm. never seen any of my work per se. They just saw that I wrote a book with that as the, as yeah. the, what's it called? The title. <laughs> and so I just, it struck me as kind of funny because I was like, well, you could have never actually seen any of my work, but you're seeing the book as evidence of that. Mm. Yep, 100%. Such a powerful tool. And really, like you said, too, it opens up doors and opportunities. I like to say that it, it opens up doors you don't even know exist or you don't even know that are possible right now. Like things will just come out of the blue and surprise you. And you're like, whoa, I couldn't have planned for that. But thank God I took action because now these cool things are are just opening up to me. 100%. Yeah, in fact, I just got a 
a review on Amazon um, and I read it and I was just like in such shock because I couldn't believe that somebody was so affected by my book. You know, because mm-hmm. when, when we do something, we feel like it's not a big deal. Right. Like to us, it's never a big deal. Oh, so I did that. Not a big deal. What we don't realize is that to us, it may not be a big deal because like that's us. Like we're our own biggest critics. That's just how we are. Right. Especially overachievers, like overachievers, people Mm -hmm. who want to achieve and want to grow. And we generally are our own biggest critics. So we usually think that we're, we're just like nothing special. But the rest of the world sees us differently. They see us as leaders. They see us as, wow, if you can do it, then you've inspired me to do it. And, you know, let me read you this um, this test, this uh, review that I got. And, and I absolutely, I, I was literally just on the floor. I couldn't, I shared this with my wife and I was like so moved by it. She says, one of the best books I've ever read. That's the title. Wow. She goes, Daniel's message, authenticity, expertise, humor, motivation. I truly believe every person on this planet should read hold on, should read this book, whether they are wanting to soar to the next level of their own business or for personal development. There are moments that brought me to tears and moments that made me want to jump out of my seat and just get to work. If I was questioning any potential in myself, I found it again through these words. Thank you for this gift to the world, Daniel. Wow. I'm telling you, uh, Laura, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't pay someone to, enough money to write something like, like, I mean, it's so, it's, it's like, I, I don't know. You know, you know what it, you know what it feels like? It feels like, you know, when, when you're, when, you know, when your dad or your mom catches you doing something really like, and they, when you're this little kid and they catch you doing something and they, and they smile and they give you this proud, like, wow, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And those words, like that acceptance, that, um, like just that praise from your, from your parents, from your father is so powerful. It's so powerful. And the truth is, is it, it's, it's what keeps us going as human beings is, mm-hmm. is words that, like that, that you've, that you have done something to get somebody else to take action or you have inspired someone else. And, you you know what it is hmm. it's godliness that's what it is it's godliness because you are essentially becoming like god when you create in this world and i i okay i'm speaking you know obviously there are some people they don't believe in god you can call it a higher power you can call it the universe um i i personally i i believe in god so to me this book that i wrote is i am essentially i'm i'm like a mini like a mini god i'm creating mm-hmm. i'm 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 kind of giving back to the world you know god created this world for us to give back and for us to help others and i'm telling you and and I, I, there's not a person listening to this that i can't imagine would disagree with this but when you give to another human being in a way that that really really like transforms their life that they're able to to just turn around and, and do something there is absolutely no better feeling mm-hmm. and and I could and I could prove it to you because there's no better joy there's no greater joy than than raising a child and, and and 
for those that haven't had children, it's very hard to explain it. <laughs> it's very hard because there's certain levels of love, okay? You love your parents, okay? But, you, but then you get married and you love your spouse on a whole different level. It's a whole different level of love. Like, yes, you love your best friend. Yes, you love your grandmother. Yes, you love your parents. But when you get married to someone, there's so much love there that it's, it's it, in comparison, it doesn't, it doesn't compare. It's a whole other level. And I'll tell you something else. When you give birth to a child and when you raise that child, that love <laughs> is on a whole nother level. It's, it's just – and. When you and the and the reason why ask yourself this question why why is it that that love is the most powerful love in the world because that's the love that's pure giving mm. because the child can't give you back he is he or she is unable to give you back it's a it's a baby it can't it cannot do anything for you it is it's 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 so vulnerable and so incapable that you just literally give and give and give and it's one way wiping its butt and feeding it and picking up and putting it to bed and quieting it him down or her down and just you know and just dressing and cleaning it up and nothing in return other than just pure love because you're giving without any return and that's godliness hmm. that is godliness that makes sense I don't have kids yet, but I can, I can project a bit and understand what you're saying. It's makes sense. Yeah. And when you give birth to a book, it's like giving, you know, it's <laughs> essentially, you know, using that analogy, right. but you're able to give to people and they may never give back to you. They may never give back to you, but that's mm -hmm. that, that, that one line or that one paragraph that I just read is it's everything to me mm -hmm. i love that now to flip it on to negative reviews or haters or things oh, like no. trolls <laughs> what advice <laughs> yeah. have you gotten any of that and what advice yes. might you give to people to maybe yeah. one be prepared for it and steal themselves against it so it doesn't really seek in sink in so thankfully, I don't have any negative reviews on Amazon. Thank God. I'm, I, I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen that some schmeckle, some <laughs> schmuck somewhere is going to give me a one star, and I'm it's going and it's going to piss me off for about a week. I'm probably going to be like festering in this, like, why why did they have to put it on Amazon though? Why couldn't they right. have just sent me an email? Like, why ruin my Amazon thing? But you know, it hasn't happened yet, thankfully. So we'll wait for the day. But but somebody did come on Facebook. It's, it's that's where all the trolls hang out right so, so someone came on facebook and you know i had i had posted about my book and i had all these comments of people going wow that's amazing i'm so happy for you oh my goodness yeah oh you, yeah i can't wait to get the book and wow it sounds so great and then of course you have the troll the <laughs> troll comes along and she she comes along and she goes i can't remember exactly the word for word but she basically said who the hell do you think you are? You think, I mean, you haven't suffered like I've suffered. What kind of suffering have you been through that you think that you have the right to write a book? Whoa. Right. This, these were her words, like literally, I'm paraphrasing, but those were her words. I was like, 
what? <laughs> Where the, who are you? You don't know my life. <laughs> you don't know nothing. Like, you don't, what are you doing? Like, what the heck? And so she, um, so I wrote back because, you know, that's just me. Now, truthfully, the best thing is just to ignore it and just move on because who the hell cares, right? But I wrote her back going, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And of course, she kept attacking and she kept attacking and I just kept being polite. Mm-hmm. And I just kept saying, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, you know, I'm, you know, whatever. Um, but it got me thinking. And, and the truth is, um, there's a couple of ways to deal with it. The way I dealt with it was I felt really bad for her. Mm-hmm. I genuinely did. I actually, I genuinely felt sad for this person because she's obviously in so much pain. Right. Because when someone, when someone wants to tear you down, when someone wants to just knock you off, then something inside of them is just not right. They're just in this bad, bad place, mm. and they're just reflecting it on you. And so they're coming from a place of, of pain. It's not even anger. I mean, it looks like anger. It's a disguise. But if you tear anger or if you peel anger back, and this is in general – Whenever you see someone in an angry, it's really coming from a deep place of pain. Mm-hmm. They're in a they're in a lot of pain, and they don't know how to express it. They haven't done any therapy, or they haven't, you know, gone through their journey in life. And because of that, they're in this very raw state of real pain. And in fact, I'll, I'll I could prove it from teenagers. Okay, we've mm-hmm. all been teenagers. Unless you're listening to this and you're 10, right? We've all been teenagers. <laughs> I don't think there's any 10-year-olds listening. Maybe your son. <laughs> maybe my son. Right. We, we're, we've all been teenagers. And, and, and some, some of you listening will, will even have teenagers or have had teenagers. And what do teenagers do? They, they get angry all the time. It's like they're always, arr, arr. they just like walk into the house. Like, but you, have, you haven't even done anything. Like your know, poor mother, she's like just... Hey, hey, Timmy, I've just cooked some food. Shut up. I'm going to my room. What the heck? She didn't do anything. Why? It's like fascinated me. Why is it that teenagers are so angry? Mm -hmm. And the answer is because there's a lot of confusion. It's It's a very confusing time in a person's life because they're in what's called the awkward stage where they're not a boy or a girl anymore, but they're not a man or a woman yet. Mm-hmm. Right. They haven't kind of got that manly manhood kind of, you know, and they and they haven't really grown into a woman. And they're in this middle stage where things are morphing and there's weird chemistry going on. And there's also just a lot of figuring things out in life. It's like, what the hell am I doing here? It's like I started just realizing that this is what am I doing? Like, what is this? And so. In other words, it's fear there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. a lot of confusion um there's there's also there's a lot of competition mm. you go to school as a teenager and if you're a girl you've got to look like a freaking barbie doll or kim kardashian whoever's hot right now mm-hmm. i don't even know anymore mm-hmm. but you know you've got to be like the cool girl or the cool guy and you've got like these other cooler guys or cooler girls and you've got to keep up and it's like there's just so much going on you don't know how to handle it so it all comes out with anger Mm. it just comes out with anger and usually the anger is pointed to people who 
like it just makes no sense like why would you be angry at your mother like she's got nothing to do with it right. <laughs> if anything like she's the only one that actually accepts you for who you are and loves you for who you are but you're you're emptying out all that anger on her which makes no sense but <sighs> so when i get haters i think of them as little te- like teenagers like mm-hmm. oh I'm, they must be in a very difficult place and and sometimes i'll even say it i'll say something to them like i'm really sorry that you you must be in a very in a very bad place if there's anything i can do to help you like you know like please let me know i'd love to help if you know and that's it it's love the answer is really to to give love that's the real answer because fighting them and trying to push them they'll just feed their their anger it just feeds it because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, pick a fight. Yeah, give me a fight. I want to fight. Like they want to fight because cause that's how they can kind of almost get out that energy that's blocked inside of them. And so – but when you give them love, it's almost unexpected mm-hmm. and it kind of disarms them. They kind of feel like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> what, what, what do I do here? You know, what do I do with this? Right. With this like – I'm not used to getting love. The bullies are not used to being loved. Right? right? So it's like, oh, you've disarmed them. Yeah. And you don't know what other stuff is going on in their lives. So right. I like to say, don't take it personally. Like it's directed at you, but it's not really about you. It's really about what's inside of them or what's in their life that they're then, like you said, projecting out. So just not mm-hmm. to let it wound you personally. And you know, the best line I ever heard. Hmm. On my on my podcast show, I had a guy called John Vroman on my show, and it was it was amazing. And wh- one line he said, which I'll never forget, because it was so powerful, it was this: "What other people think of you has nothing to do with you. Hmm. Has nothing to do with you. Like if you meditate on that, if you just think about that, it's so powerful." What other people think of you have has nothing to do with you, and it's funny because I actually laughed when I thought about it afterwards. I was like, you know, I was like, well, you know, I was like driving in my car, driving home, and I was like thinking about. I started laughing out loud because I realized it's none of your business what they think of you. <laughs> they might be thinking of. They might be. You, you think you know what they're thinking of you, but it's got nothing to do with you. It's not your business. Who cares what they think of you? That's it's all about them. Right. What's it your business? What they think of you get out of their head <laughs> like it's so funny yeah it, it is and it's like if you flash forward 70 years let's say and you're on your deathbed are you gonna really be so glad that you didn't write that book or didn't create that podcast because the two haters wouldn't have approved it's like that yeah. makes no sense it's like just take action you're always gonna get a mix of love and hate and everything in between so just do what you want to do as long as it's the intention is to help people and express yourself in a good way, then it literally does not matter what anyone else thinks. That's well, I want to, I want to, I want to paint a picture that's going to set, that's going to be very scary, mm. but I think it hits home and, and just imagine, let's, let's paint this scenario for a second. Let's imagine somebody turned around to me when I was about to start my podcast show and they said, Daniel, it's a really bad idea. I really don't think you should do it. I think you're going to make a fool of yourself um and i actually just think you should stick to you know something else because this is not your thing and nobody's going to listen to it and you're just going to you're just going to hate yourself for trying uh, so don't do it and now imagine that i actually listened to him <laughs> and i said you know what you're right you're right bob um the hater 
I'm 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 not I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm going to listen to your advice, and so I don't do it. Now I want you, all the listeners, to just imagine the world. Imagine that you are floating above the world, and you could see a big picture of the world. And I want you to zoom in to a guy, and his name is Alan, and he lives in I don't know. I'm picking out random. He lives in Baltimore. Okay, and Alan's very depressed, and he's going through a really, really rough time. And and he and he walks towards this window on the fifth floor of a building, and um, and he contemplates jumping. And he jumps and he dies. And that was the person that that day would have somehow stumbled upon Daniel Geffen's episode with Toph Evans that would have stopped him from doing that, that would have prevented him from taking that action. That is the consequence of haters. Mm -hmm. Haters push people over the edge and they stop people from transforming other people's lives. And, and I urge people listening to this to not let those people stop them. Mm -hmm. I second that. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. Um, I feel like I need to wrap us up so that you can get to sleep because I know you're in, <laughs> <laughs> it is late. Yeah. Is, it, is it nearly midnight now in in Israel? Yeah, I'll be up for, for a few more hours, but yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm in San Diego as we record this and it's about 2.30 p.m. <laughs> oh, but I feel like this has been so powerful. And I really hope that people have listened all the way through and are taking it to heart because everything you've said is I 100% agree with. And if we all do more creation and less worrying about what everyone else is doing and saying and thinking, then the world will be a better place. <laughs> Absolutely, it would. It definitely would. And, you know, and don't, don't be afraid to get on a platform and shout, mm -hmm. you know, life is short, take it. Mm -hmm. So if people want to learn more about you and your podcast production services, which we ended up not talking about so in depth. <laughs> That's totally fine. Because yeah, um, you, you skipped the, the, what do you do? What do you do question at the beginning, which I don't mind at all. <laughs> right. Then people right. can go to danielgeffen.com. Is that the best place? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they can go to danielgeffen.com uh, to listen to the show. Mm -hmm. um, I have a podcast show called Can I Pick Your Brain? Um, they can also go on iTunes. If you're listening to this show right now on iTunes, then you could just also type in Can I Pick Your Brain? And you'll find my show there and you could subscribe. That would be awesome. Um, or you can go to also amazon.com and type in The Self-Help Addict. That's the self-help addict, and that's my book. Um, and it would be amazing if uh, you could buy either a copy for yourself or, or, or a friend um, that would that you think would be a nice gift for them. That would be amazing. 
and um, leave a review an honest one that's not a one star <laughs> i would love a review i absolutely ch- cherish those reviews so yes, yes that would that would be amazing and I will link that all up, including your social media handles on the show notes, uh, as well as I have the link copy that pops.com forward slash Daniel, and that will redirect over to Amazon. So if that sometimes searching on Amazon doesn't always work as well as mm-hmm. you, you think. So if you type yep. in that, then that'll redirect you over to your book. Amazing. Appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, you so much, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who listened all the way through. If there's anyone left. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they can leave a review on the podcast about this episode in particular. Yeah. I would love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. A pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.